0: Hey everyone, welcome to Unlikely to Apologize. I am your host this week, Nikki. Um, Heather is uh, attending to some personal matters, so I gave her the day off. Um, Well, thank you for joining me today. Uh, I hope you guys have been enjoying our Women-Owned Small Business Month series and we're winding it down uh, with our last episode being this week. Um, We have Madison Lewis, who is actually Heather's niece. Um, Madison is not a small business owner, but has kind of quickly climbed a ladder um, with her career at, at a very young age. It, we thought it would be interesting to hear that perspective of kind of finding your niche and, and working towards it and getting to a point where you're you're, you know, obviously room for growth but still very proud of all the the hurdles and jumps you you went through to get there um this episode was really enjoyable for me um i like talking about things that aren't necessarily talked about when it comes to you know women in the workplace or being young in the workplace um and madison definitely shares a lot of that info um with what she went through and what it was like working for people who just weren't a good fit Um, I think a lot of younger, myself included, when I was younger, there were things that you would put up with because you thought you had to, whereas now as an adult, I'm basically like, fuck that. I, I'm, I'm not doing it. You know, we learn how to kind of set these boundaries for ourselves or we learn from, you know, other people's mistakes. Or we learn about just like being in any type of relationship with another person in your relationship with yourself, your relationship with your employer, you kind of learn what it is you're willing to work with, um over the years, um, or as you gain experience, um, in Madison's case, it was refreshing to hear that she understood that she wasn't in a good place relatively quickly, um, and didn't continue, you know, dealing with it. So it was a great perspective. Um, Madison's very cute. Uh, she also, we recorded this shortly after her wedding. Uh, so yeah, I hope you guys really enjoy it. Um, sorry for the quick intro, as you know, um, We will be back next week with more, um, actually, no, we'll be back next week and we'll actually have maybe a recording of me and Heather for the first time in a couple weeks. So really hope you're enjoying the series. Really hope that you are enjoying us. So please, please, please leave us a rating. As you know, it's the easiest way for us to get all of these stories out into the world. Also, um, if you like what you hear, or you have any comments, or you just want to talk, you can always find us on Instagram at um, unlikely to apologize podcast. Uh, You can also catch me on my private um, Instagram at Nikki underscore cams and Heather is Heather Lynn Flores. You can also send us an an email at hello at unlikely to apologize.com. So yeah, enjoy this episode and we'll talk next week. Bye everyone. Hey, Madison, thanks for joining us tonight. Thanks so much for having me. Uh, we're hey, excited. Madison. <laughs> Madison's my niece, for anybody who doesn't know. <laughs> um, we are excited to have you as part of our uh, women-owned business, but this is a little caveat because uh, we found it interesting t- based on your position and your role at work, what you do and how young you are for doing it. And From what I hear, you're a boss-ass bitch, so <laughs> let's uh, let's share that. Yeah. So for everybody
1: who doesn't know who you are, tell us who you are.
2: So, my name's Madison. I am Heather's niece. I am 23. I just got married. Uh, it'll be three weeks on Saturday. Um, and I am a licensed realtor, but I am also the operations manager at my brokerage. So, I kind of run really, really the brokerage. Um, I do all of our backend stuff, all our listings, all our contracts, all our documents. I do, I do it all. Um, and I have been doing real estate for, it'll be, it's almost six years, I think five and a half years, um, three and a half years consistently. The first, first, you know, year and a half ish was, not super consistent, but I I started at 18 and I'm still doing it now. And I plan to do it until I can't anymore. So, um, hasn't always been the smooth sailing that it is today, but I, uh, love what I do and I'm very excited to talk about it.
1: Awesome. So my first question for you is why real estate? What made you, because you were out of high school you enrolled in Austin Community College did you even finish the first semester or were you like nope I'm done this is what I want to do
2: no I so I had talked about going to college for years and then my senior year of high school I was like I don't really think I want to go to college um and of course Nowadays, there's not really a whole lot that you can do without a degree, and my parents really wanted me to go to college and kind of gave me the ultimatum of, if you don't go, we're cutting you off. Um, So my hands were kind of tied behind my back. I didn't really have choice, so I said, okay, whatever. I'll go to ACC for a couple years, get my basics done, and then I'll transfer to a university when the time comes. So I went to ACC, I think, for a month and a half and was like, I can't do this anymore. I, I hate this. I was failing all my classes because I didn't want to go. I wasn't paying attention in classes. I, just, I, wasn't, I, I wasn't taking it seriously, and it was not benefiting me in any way to keep going if I wasn't going to give it my all. Right. Um, so I just, uh, one day said, I'm, I'm not going back. I don't care if you cut me off. I- I'm not doing this anymore. And so pop this, that day was like, okay, that's fine. You don't want to go to college. I'm turning your phone off. So I went to AT&T that day and I used what very little money I had in my account. And I started my own phone line and bought myself a phone. And have had my own phone line and phone since that day um, and was like, okay, now what? Um, I'm not going to have a college degree. So that just cut my, my career options that I have down by like 90%. So what am I going to do? Right. Um, and I started thinking and I was like, you know, real estate you don't need a degree to do real estate. You just have to get your real estate license. And all you have to do is sell houses, right? How easy is that? All you have to do is sell houses and make a bunch- Sounds easy enough. Yeah, how easy is that? Just make a bunch of money, sell houses, easy. Can't take that much time out of my day. So it sounds perfect. So I, of course, had no prior knowledge of what real estate actually entails, especially knowledge that I have now. So that was a little bit of a naive- way of thinking. Um, But my mom had a friend that was in real estate and she told me that she would reach out to her and coordinate a a meeting for us to get together so I could talk to her about her experience in real estate, how she got started, um, just see if she could kind of give me some advice on stepping into this industry that I knew nothing about.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, so I went and had a meeting with her and was like, well, why don't I just work for you? Like you have a real estate team. Is there anything that I can do for for you guys? Um, and so we had talked for months, honestly, I don't know when that meeting was. I want to say it was in the fall of, I think 2017 Um, and then I started with them, I think January of 2018 and I was given the role with them of executive assistant. And that is really just a fancy way of saying I was their bitch.
1: I have been an executive assistant before and that is exactly what that means executive assistant is a fancy word for
0: you're my bitch right I remember when I was like trying to like when I got out of college I knew I I wanted to go to law school I wanted to be an attorney but I was like I need to get into like law firms and stuff so I wasn't A paralegal. I wasn't a legal assistant because I had no experience, and I was like, "Let me be, let me try for an EA." But apparently, good for you that you were able to get in. Like where I'm from, you have to like take steps to become an EA. You just you just can't get the job. (laughs) You have to like be an assistant to the EA to finally move up. So I actually just ended up getting a job as a legal assistant, but it's which is basically the same thing, just with a legal title. But you are just the bitch. (laughs) You're the
1: bitch. Yeah. So that's funny that at such a young age, you knew exactly what that meant. It took me. I was in my 30s, early 30s when I learned what that was.
2: So I I didn't (laughs) know going into it what this was going to entail. They had promised me that it was going to be like 70% real estate and 30% like personal tasks. Mm -hmm. And that is not what ended up happening. It was like 99% personal tasks, 1% real estate related tasks. Um, To give you an idea, like some of the things that I did uh, included but are not limited to, (laughs) taking their cars to get washed, taking their dog to and from the vet four times a week, cleaning the office, um, picking up dog food for them, uh, organizing hundreds of their personal receipts for their taxes. Um, running personal errands, taking uh, block boxes and signs all over Austin to their listings. Um, No listings, no contracts, no talking to clients, no, none of that. Um, I occasionally got to help stage houses. And I say help very loosely. I was more so there to like bring things into and out of the houses. I didn't really give input on how the staging looked um most I was more a personal assistant than I was anything else um and I very quickly realized that this job was and I'm, I'm trying to be careful with what I say because I, I don't want to name them I don't want anybody to know who this is there's no still- you won't name them They're still in the industry and I'm sure at some point or another, I'll have to work with them. And I don't, I just, I'm trying to be careful with how I talk about this, but it was, it was a very demeaning job. Um, not to say that every assistant job is, but this one in particular was, well, they Um, spoke,
1: they spoke down to you. Well, I know he did at least he spoke down to you and treated you as the help.
0: And that's, that's the thing with assistants. I feel like, uh, and across corporate law firms, firms, whatever you may be is like, assistant is not necessarily glorified in the rankings, right? Like you're never, you do the most, like the shit that people don't want to do, but you also get like shit on the most as well. Um, it it drives me crazy from my past experience. Like I was a docketing manager and my docketing team was like, The pile of shit at the bottom of the tree, right? But in reality, we were like the first line of defense. Everything came through us first. We're the ones that set up your day. But yet, nobody would give us the credit or the time of day for these people and the time and effort that they put into making everybody else's day easier. It's such a, it's something that's always did not sit right with me. I don't get it because it should be such a valued position, honestly. It really, you know,
1: I did it for, so I, I was an executive assistant for the head of a software company. Um, and it's just a local one to Austin. I don't think it's very big, but what I did when I, when I told my husband what I did in a day, I mean, I only did it for, I think three to six months and I quit. Um, but I literally would sit at my desk and look at the calendar and just wait for the, like the clock. And I would go get him from one meeting and be, and I would walk in and be like, oh, you're late for your next meeting. Or you've got five minutes till your next meeting. That was what I did most days is I would get him. where like a babysitter
0: for a grown man. Mm-hmm. Well, um, with the attorneys. Yeah. And God forbid, if you didn't have them set with their files for the next meeting, and then it was all your fault that they couldn't do their job, but well, like God you forbid I had to, to pee. Yeah. I mean, if I had to pee and it, he had, He, I had to wait.
1: Like I had to time my peeing. Like I would walk, like get him into his meeting, and then I could go pee. Um, and it was cleaning out the fridge. And I actually quit because the other employees would purposely make the kitchen a mess because I had to clean it. And for whatever reason, they didn't like me. And when I came home and told Shane about it, crying, I walked in the next day and quit. And then my boss was like surprised. That I, and I would, I would never do a, a, an assistant job again, ever. That was it. My one and only, done.
2: Yeah. So to give you an idea of like the stuff that I dealt with with these people, um, I guess touching on the, the taking the dog to the vet first. So the dog is paralyzed. So it it was going to like physical therapy or something at the vet twice a week. So they lived out near Spicewood and I lived in Buda at the time. So every, I think it was Tuesday and Thursday morning, I had to go before work, drive from Buda to Spicewood, then drive from Spicewood to Austin, take the dog to the vet, then go to my office. Then after work, go back to the vet bring the dog back to their house in Spicewood and then drive to Buta And that was like an extra three hours of driving a day. And so the dog is paralyzed. So the dog can't control going to the bathroom. And very often the dog would poop in my car. Hmm. And so rather than being like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. Like, can we, can we pay to get your car cleaned? Like, is there anything we can do? I was, at fault because I didn't make sure that the dog went to the bathroom before putting it in my car. Um, I was actually berated one time by my boss because the dog had to go to a different vet to an appointment that they had taken it to. And he forgot about it. And he called me when I was already home in the evening in rush hour traffic and was like oh i forgot about the dog can you go pick it up and i they was like forgot I about ha- their own dog it seems like it and i was like i have plans tonight i'm really sorry i can't i can't take 2 hours more out of my night to drive back to austin to drive the dog out to spicewood and back to buda i, I can't i'm sorry it's my also like after, after work hours bis- i would say it's after business hours Oh no, he was like, "Okay, that's fine." And then the next day, I go into the office and he scolds me because I wouldn't go get his dog. And so he had to go get his dog, and it made him late for his dinner reservations. And that was my fault. Oh jeez. Um, and I was told it's my responsibility if they ever need something no matter what it is, when it is, to get it done. He used the example of if they need steaks for a dinner party, I need to go get them and make sure that they have them at their house. For I afterwards. think
1: they're confused between what an executive <laughs> assistant role actually is and what a personal assistant role is.
2: Right. They oh, hired
1: house, you
0: for a house assistant, right? Like people do house have manager, like, yeah. house managers and stuff. Like I don't, I don't know. That's that's me. is just too much. And also the thing about it too is you're so young, you're entering this like corporate world, right? So you don't necessarily know at the time that these things are like resp- actual responsibilities of your job and you just want to make everybody happy. Like I look back on my career and there's things that I did and I look back and go, damn, Nick, you were dumb. You you didn't need to do that for yeah. them. But you just wanted so much to be liked and, and thought of when certain types of things come up, promotions, yeah. jobs, new responsibilities that you would literally do anything. And in reality, it, it doesn't help you, right? Because- well-
1: but and if it's a if it's a career path that you want to be in, right? Like if you're I want to be in real estate, you don't want to ruffle the feathers, right? Because here are these people who you have no right. experience and no education, and they're giving you a job in the field. It might not be a relevant job, but you're like, let me do everything I can to prove myself, right so that you will consider me for other important things when in reality, they were taking advantage. And again, yes, like Nikki said, you being so young,
0: yeah. how
1: do you know, like what is okay and what's not okay?
0: You don't right. know. I had a another paralegal tell me once, because I had an attorney, I worked in a giant law firm, right? I can understand like smaller law firms, but I was making doctor's appointments. Like I knew his social security number. I knew his medical history and they overheard me one day because we were like all in cubes. And I had another paralegal come up to me. And she's like, you know that that's not your responsibility, but here I am thinking, well, I'm his assistant. Right. So I should be doing this. Like I know his calendar, but in reality, you're not supposed to, again, being young and wanting to, you know, be a team player. Yeah. You, like you eventually learn how to set those boundaries, but it's, it's funny how as young career driven women, like you think you have to do all these things in reality. It's just, it's, it's shocking. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, uh, I had, so I guess I had a total, I had three bosses. Um, And so One of them, I do think the entire time I worked there, like did want to help me. Like, I don't, I wouldn't say that they did help me, but I think that they, they wanted to at least maybe try to. And so they had asked me to go to lunch one day. I I don't know if this was a weekend. It was a day that I wasn't working. So like they had taken time out of their day to come and meet with me, to have a meeting, to kind of talk about like where I could improve. And it was honestly like a productive conversation. And I, it meant a lot to me. I was like, wow, like they're actually trying to help me learn. And so the next day we went into the office and every morning we would sit down for kind of like a, a, you know, morning meeting. And my one boss that was really the the majority of the issue, um, of me, you know, working there, was like, "Oh, I heard that you guys had a lunch yesterday." And I was like, "Yeah, we did. It was good." And he in front of our entire team was like, "Oh, well, I'm I'm glad that you guys did that cuz you know, on a scale of 1 to 10 at your job, you're probably about a 2. So, I'm I'm glad that you guys talked about that." And I was like, "Okay.
0: Yeah, I would have quit." And
2: what are you doing <laughs> to help me become a seven or an eight or a nine at my job.
1: I've never was been that, rated at a job. I can no. honestly say that was a first. Like
2: oh, I, I have quit for
0: less. Like I have never,
1: path. yeah, no, I have never been. If, if I ever sat down, I'm actually really glad we're having this conversation because I feel like if there are any young like women, like career women listening. I feel like this is kind of a valuable thing. Like if I ever sat down in a, in a job and my boss looked at me and was like, you're 2 I'd be like, bye.
0: Oh, I've done it. And I, I like, I, and again, to add to that, like, if you're listening, one of the things that like my dad used to get upset with me is like, you can't keep changing jobs. It's not going to look good on your resume. I'm like, I don't care. I was like, if I'm not getting treated the way that I think that I deserve to be treated, I am not giving them another ounce of my time. I will deal with this until I find another job or I quit and collect unemployment. I don't fucking care. Like, you just don't treat me this way. So, like, I can't.
1: so how long after that happened before you left?
2: So I don't remember when that was, but I remember it was it was August before we went to Destin in 2000, I think it was 2018. It had to have been 2018. So you weren't uh, even there for a year. No, I was there for like eight months. Um, wow, and you stuck so that out longer than I would have. <laughs> I, at the time, had a Dodge Charger that had a Hemi engine in it. So I got like 11 miles to the gallon for gas. So I, and I'm driving like all over Austin. I'm driving to North Austin every day. Like I'm, I'm driving all over the place. So I was spending, I was making maybe a thousand dollars a month and spending half of that on gas because they didn't reimburse you for mileage. I'm getting to that. Oh, so I had asked them if it would be possible to discuss some kind of mileage reimbursement or a gas allowance or something. To help me out because half my income was being spent on my gas every month. Um, and so I was told that when I got back from vacation, we could talk about it. So I was like, great. You know, honestly, it's surprising. And I remember at the time being like, wow, that's really surprising that they're even willing to like talk about it. Um, yeah, I was expecting it to just be a no, And so I go on vacation. I had a whole plan when I got back. I thought it was going to be like a good productive conversation. And so I sat down with the boss that was of course like the, the issue my entire time working there. And before I could even like get a sentence out, he was immediately like, tearing into me about how insulted they were that I had asked them for a raise because I was so terrible at my job and there's nothing justifying them giving me a raise. And they're the other two bosses are so mad at me that I would ask for something like that. And that while I was gone on vacation, nothing changed for them. The gears never stopped turning. It was like, nothing was different. Basically told me that I was worthless to them and that having so, me work for them was more of like a favor to me than anything else. And so I was just sitting there silent, of course, because what am I supposed to say to that? And so, well, and also what do you say,
1: right. He's an older man and you're a younger woman. What do what do you
2: say? Right. Yeah. Like, I mean, I remember sitting there with my laptop open because I had like a bullet point of like, like bullet points to go through with him and I was just sitting there staring at my laptop and he was like are you gonna are you gonna look at me like are we gonna have a conversation are you gonna are you just gonna stare at your laptop the whole time and I shut my laptop and just was staring at the floor like I remember just sitting there staring at the floor like thinking like okay like he just said all of this stuff to you like don't punch him in the face don't punch (laughs) him this is the point where you have a decision to make because he was like, do you still want to be in real estate? And I was like, yeah, he was like, do you still want to work with one of the best top producing teams in Austin? And I was like, yeah, if you could direct me to them, that would be really great. (laughs) So for context, they did average numbers. There was nothing significant about them or their, their revenue or their, their, Volume that they did every year, just to they the, he the they thought very highly of themselves, um, and so and
0: those are usually the people that you have a hard time working with, right? Because those are yeah. the people that think they're the best, that they don't have any reason to change or do better, or you know, even yeah. how they treat people. It's it's hard. It's like talking to a wall with those types of people.
2: Yeah, and that's a consistent thing that I still hear about that individual to this day. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, it's, it's brings me some comfort to know that it, it wasn't just me that they're like that with everybody, but it also doesn't really help because I was still treated terribly. Right. Um, that's one so- of my like, favorite things is when I hear about stories from like ex employers
0: and like having, remembering somebody who was just difficult to work with and still hearing those horror stories there is a sense of like validation, like, okay, I wasn't crazy because there's been times I've left jobs where I loved what I did or I loved what I worked, but I couldn't deal with this particular person. And it just, cause when you think about working, you spend so much time with these people on a daily basis, weekly basis throughout the year, more time probably than you spend at home. Like you have to like these people and any like bad egg just totally ruins your experience with it. Yeah. down to like jobs that you love. Like it's such a common, And those people never get reprimanded. That was the one thing I never understood out of all the jobs that I've left because of one person, they're still doing what they're doing. And they're still have an overturn of, you know, assistants or paralegals or managers because they just suck.
2: But for whatever reason, they're still there. Yeah. It's like why? Yeah. And so he was like, well, why don't you go home and think about it? And I was like, okay, so I, got my stuff. And I left and Heather was actually the first person that I called. (laughs) Um, and I told her what happened and she was like, you are absolutely not going back there. Come to my office right now. We're going to write your resignation email and you're done. And so I
1: I forgot about that. You did you. Yes. When I was working at prime lending. Yes, you did. You came to my office and I wrote your resume. We wrote your resignation email. (laughs) I was like, fuck Um, that guy. If I ever see him, if I ever see him, He's tiny too. Like, I think, like, I think he's a tiny, he's got tiny, like, he's a tiny man.
0: Are there any things like tiny arms? I was, I was, no, but he's like,
1: well, I'm doing those my arms. But I'm like, if I ever see him in public, I'm just gonna like scream at him like he was attacking me and then hit him. <laughs> That's what I told Madison. I was like, I can't with this guy. So, yes, no, you did. Yes. So, we wrote your resignation email.
2: And so um, then I really was like, well, shit like, <laughs> what am I gonna do? And so I actually ended up working for Shane for, I think, like nine-ish months around, around there. Um, and so I worked for Shane and Shane was great. And I'm still to this day, very grateful that he, you know, did that for me. He didn't need to do that. And honestly, it was probably more of a, an expense for him than anything else, but I still appreciate it nonetheless. Um, that, that kept me afloat until I was able to find something else. And so it was probably like March or April of 2019. And I really just started to miss real estate. It had, that experience had just left such a bad taste in my mouth that I did, I think really need a break from it. I do think if I would have tried to jump back into it immediately I probably wouldn't be doing it today I think the the break that I took was definitely very much needed um right. so especially for me to, go ahead
0: I was gonna say when when you when you leave situations like that you also take kind of that toxic reactions that you have to think I don't know if that's the right term but like trying to figure out okay this person isn't the person I used to work for so yeah. trying to figure out what that person actually means can actually be more you know detrimental to you trying to grow in what you're doing because you're used to being, it's like having like abuse, like an abusive relationship, yeah, right? You're, you're taking on those things to the next relationship. It's hard. So I commend you on taking that break. Cause not a lot of people have the opportunity or, you know, think about doing that because yeah. carrying over those, those react, that reactiveness, I guess is probably the best way to put it. Can, can totally hurt you in that position.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I think that it was definitely, I needed it to be able to realize that it is what I really wanted to do. And it wasn't just like the career I was settling for. Cause I didn't really have another choice. Like it, it really was what I wanted to do. Um, and so I started applying to real estate jobs. I applied to title company jobs. I mean, any job in the real estate industry I applied to without looking at pay hours, None of that just I wasn't even looking at company names. I was just if 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 I was going to if I met the qualifications for applying, I applied to it. And I probably applied to probably 50-ish, if not more, companies. I question um
1: question really fast. During yeah. this time, you didn't did you have your real estate license yet or no?
2: No. Not yet. Either. I didn't get my real estate license until June of 2020. Okay. I just want to clarify that. Um, yeah, so I didn't get. I've I've only been licensed for just over two years. I just renewed my license, um, and so, you know, it's hard trying to apply for a job that it seems as though you have no experience for, right? Because I had that nine, that eight or nine months, but I I couldn't use those people as a reference. So it right. was as if I had no related experience. Um, So I applied to to dozens of jobs and never got a call. I'm sorry. I do want to say something by law for anybody
0: that's listening. If you were to use a reference, they can only say that you were the dates that you were hired and the dates that you left. They're not allowed to give out any type of personal information. And if so, it's, it's actually considered like defamation. Well, Um, but how
1: would you, I guess my question is this, because this guy we had this conversation. And I remember I had this conversation with Madison when we and I think I told her that. Like they by law can't say anything bad about you, but you would never know.
0: Right. Like right. The so company, some companies will disclose like like reference, because at least in my experience, some companies, when you get your reference check back, they give you notes, right? Like but they don't have to. They don't have to. But so I should. think
1: that was the that was the concern was if I list these people. And he does give me a bad reference and he says things that he's legally not supposed to because we definitely thought he was going to. There's Mm -hmm. really nothing you can do about it if you don't know and you don't have the evidence for it. So
2: Mm -hmm. the funny thing about that is my my boss now, his name's Josh. He's absolutely fantastic and we'll talk more about him in a little bit. But he told me... I never told him who I worked for before. I never, I never gave names. I never gave a company. I did not want him to know who it was because I didn't want him to call them. And so he told me, I don't know when he told me this. It was, it was a while after he hired me that he did call them. He did. He did call them. And he told me. I asked him, what did they say? He said, "I'm not telling you what they said, but just know they said everything you you expected that they would have said." And I hired you anyways because I believed in you, and I did not keep oh. what they said about you. So they, so that is then
1: what Nikki said: defamation of character. So what can you do then?
0: I mean,
2: I'm not, I'm not going to do anything. Right. But- there's there's a whole process
0: for it. Also, the other thing that I've done too, just out of tidbits, because there's been jobs that I've left, probably left the company, but not on good terms, but maybe not people that I would use as a reference, you can use somebody within the company. It doesn't have to be the actual company. Yeah. If it's a reference, like they employment status, if they want to check that, that goes directly to HR. But if you needed a reference for working with, you can always use a coworker. You can yeah. use somebody else. You don't have that before. to use your boss. Yeah. You don't have to use your boss. So just a little tidbit for those listening.
1: (laughs) Okay. So, yeah. So how did you get the job or when did you get the job with Josh? Was this one of those? Did you know somebody who knew somebody or is this one of the random ones that you applied for?
2: It was a random one that I applied for. And funny enough, I love telling this story because I, it, like, I really think that like I was meant to work where i work work for who i work for like it was this was always where i was meant to be and so the morning that i got the phone call from them i was just getting ready for the day i was taking a shower brushing my teeth like just doing my normal morning stuff and i was like thinking to myself you know this this has sucked like trying to get a new job has sucked I, I just, I'm so tired of applying to places. Like I'm just, I'm starting to lose hope. Like how awesome would it be if I could call Jacob, my husband was then my boyfriend and tell him like, I got this job I'm going to be making for whatever reason, $3,000 a month was like my magic number back then. Um, I was like, how cool would it be if I could call him and tell him I was getting a job making, um, over $3,000 a month. Um, that would just be awesome. And so I was laying in bed watching a show and my phone started ringing and it was a number I didn't recognize. And it was the temporary office manager at the time calling me. I answered and he was like, Hey, um, I work for Friedman real estate. And I was like, who the fuck is that? (laughs) And so I, got, um, I got the phone call and he was like, yeah, uh, we saw your resume and we wanted you to come in for an interview. And then I, there was like a pause and he was like, hold on, here's Josh. And then Josh gets on the phone and is like, Hey, uh, I saw your resume. It came across my desk. I was just about to call and hire somebody else, but I have to interview you first. Can you come to the office in like an hour and, and talk? It's like, okay, I have no idea who you are or where I'm going, but sure I can do that. So I got ready and the the whole drive to the office, I was like, I have no idea what the hours are. Like he could want me to work seven days a week, 12 hours a day for like $5 an hour. I have no idea what I'm walking into right now, but it's the only person that's called me back. So whatever, I guess I might as well just go and see. And if it, if it works out, I'm going to take the job. And so I walked in and I sat down and we got to talking and we talked for maybe 10, 15 minutes. And he was like, all right, you're hired if you want the job. And I was like, okay. And he was like, all right, hours are nine to five, Monday through Friday. And I was like, fantastic. I don't want to work weekends. So that's great. Even though I pretty much work every weekend now (laughs) from home. Um, and pay is, uh, pay is this? Is that okay? And I was like, holy shit! Yeah, that's okay. <laughs> and so it was, it was gonna be over three thousand dollars a month. And so I got in the car and I called Jacob and I was like, hey, uh, I got the job. I'm gonna be making like three thousand dollars a month. He was like, holy shit! That's great. <laughs> and that was in May of 2019. My first day was May, May 3rd, 2019. I made him take me to lunch for my three-year anniversary. So that's, I remember it. Um, And so of course, when I started, I was very, very, very green. I knew really nothing. Um, I did not know how to do any of our listing documents. I didn't know how to put listings up. I didn't know how to do contracts. I didn't, I didn't even really know how to talk to a client. Um, and he just threw me right into the fire. Um, he had me doing all of the listings, all of the contracts, everything that I could have been doing, he had me doing. And he was like, this is the only way that you're going to learn how to do stuff.
1: I was going to say that is so when I when I started at the, the law firm, I was hired. Um, uh, my previous experience had been, um, a nanny and an administrative assistant and, um, at a law firm. And one of the attorneys who rented an office from the guy I worked for, I called him one day and I was like, you need an assistant. You don't have one. And he was like, okay, I was 23 no experience. And he hired me. And it was the same thing. It was like, I need you to draft this divorce petition. I need you to call these people back. I need you to set this hearing. Um, I need you to email this judge back. And I was like, what the fuck? But it was the only way that you learn like, or it's the best way to learn. It's just like, and it's scary as shit. But by the time I left there 10 years later, I was running the off the office.
2: Yeah. Because, I mean, yeah I mean,
1: it's- I,
2: he, he threw me into the fire. And now, you know, of course at the time I was like, oh my God, like, this is so overwhelming. I'm just like, I'm doing everything. I have no idea what I'm doing. I was making a bunch of mistakes that he had to correct. And mm-hmm. he, you know, there was, there was periods of time where he was frustrated, but he was like, you're learning. I know I get it. It's, we got to figure it out though. And so it's taken me, you know, a couple of years to kind of figure out my systems to have in place, to make sure that everything runs smoothly. Um, but we, I mean, we operate like a a well-oiled machine now. I mean, we, we are such an incredible team and he is such an incredible boss. And I'm not just saying that because he signs my paychecks every month, He, I mean, he truly, like he is one of the smartest, most knowledgeable people that I have ever met. I mean, still to this day, like he, he'll talk to people on the phone and it's so impressive how knowledgeable he is about the industry that he's in and where we do our business. And I've learned just from sitting at my desk, listening to him talk on the phone. Um, and he has always expected the best of me and he has truly shaped me into the professional that I am today and the professional that I'm going to be in the future. And never, not one time has he ever let the fact that I'm so young define me. Well, that's what I was
1: going to say, right? Like, you're 23 now and you're running the office, right? Like, you're doing all of the things and you're 23
2: years old. Yes. And he, um, I mean, I, so I got my license in 2020 and my, I had a a little bit of a title change once I got my license, because for anyone that's not familiar with real estate, when you do not have your license, there's only so much that you can do and, and say, So when you have your license, you become much more valuable to the person that you're working for, because you can do and say so much more. And so I had, he kind of, he was like, you can really call yourself whatever you want. So I, I bumped myself up to operations manager. Um, (laughs) He likes to call me his right-hand man. Honestly, that's really what I should put on my business cards because that's what he calls me more than anything else. So on the phone. Yeah. My, Madison's my right-hand man. She you should she make him say off. my right-hand woman. So that's, I, I joke that that's, I'm going to put that on my new business cards. I have to get new cards cause I am changing my name. Um, and so I joke that that's what I'm going to put as my title. Um, but we, we truly have like a, a partnership. It's not like, I don't walk in and feel like I'm talking to a boss or I'm working for a boss. Like, I feel like I'm working and running a business with a partner. Um, and that's, and like, that's, he, a, that's one of the greatest
0: things about when you find a work relationship that works that way. Cause you have somebody that's taking the time to mentor you to make sure that you're being the best because in the long run, if you are learning and doing and working as they work, you are also setting them up for success.
1: Right. Yes. And it takes always, a little bit of time in the beginning
0: Mm -hmm. but you always get it like right where you're like the first attorney i always say this and i've i've gone back to the first attorney i've ever worked for and thanked him because he taught he took the time to sit down i started similar situation went into an interview 20 minutes later they called me said you start on monday and i was like okay i have no idea what i'm doing was patent 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 work i've never i didn't even know that patent law was a thing i just randomly showed up there because a temp agency called me And he spent the days teaching me what an application was, what claims were, like he went through the whole thing, but he took his time. He even showed me how to set up folders on my desktop, things that you don't learn in college, right? Like they don't teach you how to do that stuff. And I still, to this day, name my naming conventions are still in his format that he taught me. The way I organize my folders is how he taught me. And I remember a couple of years ago, he had messaged me on LinkedIn and I was like, can we just take a pause for a minute? I just want to say thank you because he did take that time to make sure that we were a well-oiled machine. And when I did make mistakes because I didn't know what I was doing half the time, he also shielded me from what could have been those berating type of moments from partners or other people because he knew I was young, I was still learning. And he was very, very patient for me. And those are the type of managers or people that young men and women who are entering like the corporate world need in their lives. Like we all have to start there that's the thing. I think these people forget that they were that age once and they were just starting out and they mm-hmm. forget that these little things in these, that, that little moment of just showing things makes such a huge difference in people's careers.
1: Oh no. When I, when I, the first mistake I ever made, I think I missed filing a, a pleading for a hearing. And if you don't submit back then, if you didn't submit things, you couldn't use them in court as right. evidence. Or if you missed an answer date I did family law. If you missed an answer date, I mean, somebody could lose their kids. Mm -hmm. Um, and I'll never forget like some of the mistakes. So if you make a mistake, it could be a massive one. And I would mess up and I would cry, but he never yelled at me like Ray and Chris were the best bosses I ever had my entire life. I'm still really good friends. I just had lunch with Ray two days ago. Um, because they did like, they understand and they took the time to teach me and they, they did say, you know, like you made a mistake, but it wasn't that like, I'm not going to make you feel worse than you already feel.
0: Right. And that's, that's the huge thing too, right? That's where that reactiveness comes from. When you're in that toxic type of relationship, you actually become more nervous and make more mistakes because right. you were graded for that mistake. Whereas if you have an understanding person, you are a little bit more clear headed when you're making the decisions that you're making to do, you know, your job. It's, it's something good for her. So shout out to all the good bosses and managers out there that take the time to, uh, foster and mentor their youngins.
1: (laughs) Well, it only benefits everybody, right? Like if, if Madison's boss, Madison's first boss had taken any kind of initiative or given a shit at all and, and helped her, it would have only benefited him. And so, right. Like Josh took the time to to say Madison I'm going to take you under my wing and I'm going to teach you everything I know and it's only benefited him and her so it's it's a mutual benefit mutual
0: beneficial relationship right that the first boss was clearly missing right I used to put in my cover letter that if I if I was applying for something that didn't have I didn't have experience for I would legitimately say I am perfect to be trained into any machine that you want me to, because yeah. I've never done this before. Like you have full advantage of creating what it is you want for your business. Right. And that would be like the second paragraph of my cover letter. Like, I don't know what I'm doing, but teach me. <laughs> I
1: want to learn. Yeah.
0: yeah. Um. Okay. So
1: Madison, I have, I have a question for you then. So out of all of I guess the two, you know, experiences that you have working for Shane kind of saying, I'm going to leave college. Do you have any regrets over anything or any choices that you've made career wise, or
2: is there anything that you would have done differently? Absolutely not. Um, regardless of how, you know, difficult it was to get to where I'm at today that is my journey and that is what got me to where I am today and I love that uh, answer (laughs) I know I feel like we're getting
1: that a lot
2: our our you know Josh and I's plan you know we always we always are planning for the future um Josh very much is always thinking about okay what's next what's next what's next like what's I remember it was, I think it may have been like February or March. And he was like, all right, we got to start planning for next year. And I was like, what? It is next year. It's been next year for like two months. What are you talking about next year? So he's, he's always thinking about the future. And so we've had many conversations about the future. And our goal for the company, for Friedman Real Estate, is in, you know, five, 10 years, however long it takes us to get to the point that this makes sense is for him to step back and for me to step up and run the company myself. Um, So he wants me to take over Friedman real estate. He tells me all the time. He wants me to train his kids. He wants, he wants me to take over his company.
1: Well, and he can say that so confidently because in the beginning, he took the time to teach you how to do things, how he likes things done. So he knows when that day comes and he exits that you are going to run things exactly how he does because he is molding and shaping you to be him.
2: Yes. Yeah. I mean, he, I mean, he tells everybody and that's, that's what means more to me than anything else. It's, it's not just a conversation that him and I have he tells our clients, he tells his friends. I mean, he, I'll hear him on the phone randomly telling someone on the phone, yeah, this is all going to be Madison's one day, (laughs) taking over one day. And I'm, I'm going to my ranch and I'm never coming back and she's just going to run things here. And I mean, he tells everybody that I'm going to run the company one day and I'm, I'm taking over one day. And, you know, it's, it's one thing to have those conversations just between the two of you, but when like, when he's telling other people, yeah. our clients, I mean, our our title companies, our when he's telling other people that I'm going to take over one day, it 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 makes it feel real, like it's that's that, and and to have somebody that believes in me so much and values me so much that they want me to take over their company one day, coming from. Working for people who didn't see any value in me beyond, you know, taking their dog to the vet and taking their cars to get washed is an indescribable feeling. And I will forever be so grateful to Josh for taking that chance on me and seeing what he saw in me and believing in me because I would never be where I am today had he not. Um, and had he seen how young I am and been like, Oh, like she's, she's real young. She can't run a company. Um, you know, there's, it's, it's, it's indescribable. Um, and I'm, you know, he, he is like family to me. I am like family to him. I mean, we've developed such a good relationship that, you know, he came to my wedding and he came after Bubba passed away. He came to dinner with the family. And I mean, he is like family. We are like family and we have such a good relationship that helps us run the company so much better. And, you know, I just, I just got married. So I went on my honeymoon and he, um, of course, joking, joking around, was like, you know, trying to convince me to stay here because he was so stressed about how things were going to function with me gone. Um, and it's, and I told him this. I was like, it's, it's in a weird way. I appreciate that you're making jokes about wanting me to stay here because the last time I went on a long trip, I came back and was told by my boss that I was useless to him. But you're but I- here
1: that's the difference between finding a a company and a boss who wants other people to succeed. Um, and in turn he succeeds and somebody who's just very selfish. And I think being able to recognize the difference, um, (laughs) At such a young age, I mean, some some adults can't make that that difference as employees and they stay stuck in these jobs and these roles and they're miserable because they don't know their own value. And so I feel like for you at, you know, 18, 19, 20 years old to be like, I don't deserve to be treated like this, actually, and I'm not going to stand for it. You were able to leave that and find somebody who is like, come here, let me teach you, let me appreciate you. And so I just feel like there's, there's a huge difference in that and being able to recognize and understand the two. I mean, most adults in their thirties and forties don't have that.
2: Yeah. I mean, he, um, he tells me all the time, how appreciative he is of me and he values me and values my opinion. I mean, we had, we've, we've been having conversations recently about like marketing and, you know, budgeting. And he, he was like, well, you, you tell me what you want to do. Cause I value your opinion and I want to know what you yeah. want to do. And again, talking about marketing, like I, I was like, well, I think we should do this. And he was like, stop, you're the boss. You tell me what we're doing. Like yeah. you run the show, you tell me. And it it means a lot, and i don't uh, i don't uh I don't take that lightly. I don't take my position lightly. And I mean every year since I've started working there, we've done nothing but go up and up and up, and I hope to only continue to go up. Um, and we uh you know, we did, I think in 2020 we had like 50 to 60 million in sales. Last year we did about 90 million and this year we are on track to do a hundred million. And that's awesome. It's, it's, it's just so, so insane to, to think, I don't think about it often because I don't like thinking about that period of time because it was, it was very, um, it it was just very, very demeaning. And I, I don't like to think about that time, but, but to think about that years ago to where I am today is, I mean, it's, I, I never would have imagined back then that I would be where I'm at today. And I'm, I'm so happy that I, I didn't give up because of the one bad experience that I had. And I didn't let that ruin this for me because I was given the gift of a future. Um,
1: right. I, have, I have a question. So what what would what would be one piece of advice or your best piece of advice that you would give to somebody who is young and is or even to yourself, right? Like if you were to be like, what well, you used to have to do that in high school, if you could go back and tell your younger self one piece of advice, like what would it be? um, career wise or work, work related. Um, like what's your biggest takeaway that you have?
2: You know, I think I feel like I'm kind of a double whammy because not only am I young, I'm also a woman in a very predominantly male dominated industry. So I'm, I'm young and I'm a woman. So for, for, you know, young women, it's, it's a lot harder to make a name for yourself and make people hear you and make people respect you. Um, I I haven't come across too many people that I feel like were, you know, talked down to me. There's, there's a few, and I feel like in every industry you'll, you'll come across that. Um, But for the most part, everyone has been pretty fantastic. Um, So I, I mean, really to know the way that you should be treated and spoken to and to never let people walk all over you because I did that for for months and it very well could have ruined the future that I have now if I would have let it and it's hard especially when you are new and young in an industry um, to have that confidence to be able to not take disrespect and not be, you know, not allow yourself to be treated that way. Um, but it's you, you have to be able to, to put your foot down and stand your ground and stand up for yourself. And I've had to have, even to this day, have like several, so even to it happened today, actually, I was like, all right, you're going to run a business one day. Like you got, you got to do this. You don't want to do it, but you got to do it. And it's, it's so important, especially as a young woman to just not, especially men. I mean, I, I've i yet to really have an experience with a woman where I felt as though I was being talked down to, but especially as a young woman with men, with older men, um, just knowing how, how you deserve to be treated and not letting them treat you any other way. Um, and I think, again, it's hard because, as women, we get labeled as crazy or a bitch or sub- whatever. If, if you stand up for yourself and I, uh, that used to scare me. Cause I'm like, Oh my God, like, what if I stand up, like stand, stand up for myself and I'm labeled as this. And now I don't give a shit. It's my favorite thing ever. When people call me and I'm like, all right, we get to <laughs> hustle now. You pick Have a you real- ever <laughs> had,
1: have you ever had, right? Cause the caliber of, of loans you're doing are obviously, in the millions. Um, have you ever had a client who is a male who because you were young and a woman that kind of had um an issue working with you or uh, like I, I worked for six years-ish in mortgage. So I was in um real, I was in the world more in the mortgage world. And I'll never forget we had um one client who refused to talk to me, um, because I was a woman and he didn't, obviously he didn't know how old I was, but he refused to work with me. Um, and I kind of did what you did with Josh to my boss, where I kind of did everything, right. I was his approval manager. I was his assistant. I did all the things I put together, loan approvals, and I did all of that stuff. And he, he would refuse to work with me and talk to me because I was a woman. Um, So I'm wondering, did you ever have, have you ever had to deal with that?
2: I have not. um, (laughs) Honestly, I mean, we, I'm, I'm thinking like, honestly, a lot of, and what I've noticed um, when I first started in this industry, like money and lots of zeros was very intimidating to me. Now we could, I mean, we have, tens of millions of dollars in listings. I mean, we've got, you know, $20 million listing here, $15 million listing there. So I'm like, money doesn't, that, that stuff doesn't intimidate me anymore. Um, and it, it, when you have people that really do have a lot of money, you don't typically know that they have a lot of money. They present themselves in a way that's not at all like flashy or they're honestly, most of our, like the wealthiest clients that we have are some of our kindest clients. Okay. Um, I'm not going to say who it is or what franchise it is, but we have a client that owns all of the fast food chain restaurants of this chain in central Texas. And he is Mm. the nicest man I have ever spoken to in my, I mean, I adore him and I don't often Uh talk about clients like, like that. I mean, he was the nicest, easiest, most incredible client I've ever had in my life. And I've it's, you'll, you, you, notice that the people that actually have a lot of money present themselves very differently than people who have a little bit of money and try to make it seem like, yeah, they I think
1: I feel like I've noticed that as well.
2: And they do. Um, but I honestly, we work with some really incredible people and I've never had an experience with a client that I felt like they were, they were kind of talking down to me or well, that's a lie. We have had that happen and Josh fixed that. Really <laughs> um, so I guess that's the other thing. Josh would never let somebody treat me that right. way. Um, that's good. He, would never, he would never allow that to happen. And we have people, right? Like we have people that call that don't, I answer the phone and they don't want to talk to me. They want to talk to Josh. And yeah. so I'm like, okay, you want to talk to Josh? I can guarantee you he's going to he's gonna direct you right back to me. But okay. And so I, of course, of course, 10 minutes later, I'm getting a call or an email from Hey, uh, Josh told me to reach back out to you. And I'm like, huh, funny you say that I could have told you that was going to happen. We actually had, we actually had, I don't know what to call them. It's not a vendor. One of the sites that we use for marketing, um, one of their reps called our office and, Only wanted to talk to Josh. And I tried to explain to him, I'm the one that handles all of this. I'm the decision maker with stuff like this. You need to talk to me. And he hung up on me. And he called Josh and Josh directed him back to me. And I was like, great. Yeah, let's set up a call for tomorrow. Never called him. He called me every day, emailed me all the time. And I kept telling him, we're not interested. We're not interested. We're not interested. Another rep from that company reached out to me, me directly, and was super nice. And we signed up with them like two days later with with that rep, not with him. Because they get paid, right? When you sign up. And so we signed up with the other rep. And I was like, you were an asshole to me. I'm not signing up with you. And then the other rep called. And I was like, yeah, we're interested. Let's do it. So... There's been stuff like that, but never with a client. Um, we are very blessed with the clients that we work with. And we really do work with incredible people. And I feel very fortunate because I'm sure there are several, there's there's lots of people that don't work with very great clients. So I feel yeah, like. I have it. my I have
0: yeah, I've had my fair share. <laughs> oh yeah, Nikki's definitely dealt yeah, with her I've fair had share of clients. actually called terrible client last year and Heather had to listen to me bitch every day about them. <laughs> um I do yeah. want to go back when we went to Heather's question. I didn't think I've mentioned this before, but I had an instance with a client, not terrible client, but a client where every and it was a woman, which I couldn't understand because again, we're women, we're supposed to be like, you know, supportive and you know women bad. empower women. Yeah, thank you. I couldn't think of what I was trying to say. And she just would not listen to me. So me and my manager, I wrote up all of the answers to the questions, and he copied and pasted it with his signature and such a difference in response from her. But they were my answers. And we made this joke. The two things that we came down to it was she didn't like other women. <laughs> and two was job title because his title was manager and mine was not. Um, it's very funny when you think about not only not only women, obviously, we, we do have our own issues in the corporate world, but titles I've never. In the position that I am in now, I've never noticed how titles affect how people treat you. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. amazing to me. Um, when I was, and that's not true too, because when I was in the law, like the legal world, you know, when I was a docketer, I got treated a certain way, definitely different than when I was a docketing manager. But this position, for whatever reason, like we're all we're all presented as experts, but because I didn't have his job title, she didn't want to listen to me. Yeah. It just amazes me.
2: I think like, I think that's why, like when I, I think when I answer the phone, people assume it's like a receptionist or just like someone that just answers the phones. And it is an entirely different demeanor. Once they know like my role in the company, they know yeah. not just talking to the receptionist they're talking to, which you shouldn't be rude to anybody. I don't care what you think
1: their job title is. Cause the same thing happened to me at the law firm. is I was the primary main point of contact. So you would call the office and I would answer the phone and people would, they would treat me completely differently and they would want to talk to the attorney. And I would say, well, I'm the paralegal for the attorney. They're in court. I can help you or they're in a three day trial and get back to you in three days. And they were like, Oh, you're the paralegal. And I'm like, did it matter? Yeah. It's it, It's it does titles. It does blow my mind or the perception of what somebody thinks your title is. Yes. Right. It's bizarre, I, I, mean.
2: I can't tell. I mean, I get several calls a day from people trying to sell us stuff where they're like, we want to talk to Josh. And I'm like, okay, what's it regarding? And they're like, can you transfer me to Josh? And I'm like, I can do that, but I need to know why you want to talk to him so that I can decide if you get to talk to him. <laughs> and they, <laughs> or he's even going to want to take your call. Yes. Yes. I'm, I'm like the, I am the gateway, I am, the gatekeeper. Yes. So I, I get to determine if you get to talk to him. So why do you want to talk to him more often than not? It's someone trying to sell us stuff. And yeah. I said, okay, well, I'm the operations manager here and I'm the one that's in charge of all of that. And the decision maker with that, how can I help you? And they're like, Oh, oh okay yeah hi what's your name like how, blah, and I'm like okay yeah now you want to talk to me because you know that I'm the one that's going to tell you yes or no well I answer, don't want to talk to you bye yeah, the answers no now if you would have been nice maybe I would have heard you out but yeah no now that you know who I am now you want to be nice to me no See, then I would be
0: spiteful and, you know, if it was a product I was really interested in, find a different rep and be like, so this person, yep, that's, I would do that in a heartbeat. Like, fuck you. I did it. (laughs) I don't have Uh, time for that. So
1: I'm going to pull Nikki's famous line. I was just mindful for time.
0: Mindful for time.
1: Mindful for time. Um, Nikki, do you have any other questions?
0: No, I think this was great. I actually kind of like how this kind of turned out because we're talking about different experiences in the corporate world, especially when you're starting out very young. So I think this is a very valuable episode and I, I loved every minute of it. So thank you, Madison.
2: Yeah, no, thank you guys. i always love talking about what I do and being able to share my story. So thank you for giving me the platform to do that. Well, I have one
1: final question for you before we let you go. What is, and this can be personal or business related. It's completely up to you. But what is one thing you used to apologize for in the past that you are unlikely to apologize for now?
2: So I'll keep it, I'll keep it business related, but it's also kind of personal in a way. Um, I would say making mistakes because, you know, when I started, I was very new and I made a lot of those. And, you know, whether I knew it at the time or not, every mistake that I've ever made, Um, since the day I started real estate has been a learning experience and it's helped shape me into who I am today. Um, And I, I'm the kind of person that I don't like to show my weaknesses. I don't like to show when I'm struggling. I very much put on a front of perfection. So every, every time I made a mistake, it was like the end of the world. It would ruin my entire day. It would ruin my confidence. It just I don't like making mistakes and it took me years of growth and experience to be able to accept that it's okay to make mistakes and that it's, you know, everybody makes them and nobody's perfect all the time and there's no way to be perfect all the time. Um, And, you know, I, our, our industry changes every day. Um, and there's always some new document out, some new something out. There's 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 always change in our industry. Mm-hmm. And so there's, there's always going to be more to learn. Um, even, you know, 30 plus years into my career, I'm still going to be learning new things and making mistakes while I learn those new things. And, you know, there's, I mean, my boss has been doing real estate since before I was even alive. Um, <laughs> he hates when I say that because it, it's it's but it's true i mean i think he started real estate in 1994 um i was, I was born 10 in- so and there's days where i teach him stuff and he's been doing it for almost 30 years at this point yeah. um and he makes mistakes too and i you know it's 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 not the end of the world um and you know i it always used to just get me down so bad and you know, every, every mistake I've ever made has shaped me into the professional that I am today. And I'm a pretty damn good one. And (laughs) I'm going to continue to make mistakes as I grow into an even better one. So I, uh, definitely apologize for that.
1: I love that. Um, okay. So if people want to find you or people want to sell or buy a house, where can they find
2: you? So we are Freedman Real Estate. Our website is Freedman, and it's spelled Fried Man. I always <laughs> have to specify for people. They, will, everyone's always like, "Oh, I like that." So it's FriedmanFreedmanRealtors.com, and uh, we do all sorts of real estate. We do commercial. We do residential. We do farm and ranch. We do leasing. We do it all. So whatever you want to do, we're happy to help you with it. And uh, give us a call.
1: I will link um or drop the link to your website in our show notes. Do you have a personal Instagram that you share if you if people want to find you or do you want to keep it separate? Lauren kept her separate. yeah um, she's
2: private. I kind of talk about real estate occasionally on my personal Instagram. My personal Instagram is Maddie Nicole Lewis. Um if you want to follow me there, I post, uh, more about food and myself than anything else on there, but I post about real estate sometimes.
1: All right. Well, I will link or I'll drop those in the show notes, um, for where they can find you. Thank you for doing this. Um, yeah, great. I, I feel it. like it was, it, it had a nice twist to it with, with, um, some really good lessons that I feel like, even even if you're not new to working, if you are seasoned employee, that was beneficial um, as well. So thank you very much. Uh, we appreciate this.
2: Yeah. Well, I was definitely uh, very excited to come on. I thought about it all day. <laughs> and I uh, wanted to thank you guys as well for having me on. Awesome. Thank you, Madison. Yeah. Thank you guys.